Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. All right, all right, all right. It's 30-something movie podcast. Back once again. Uh, This time our movie is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Spoiler alert, they're dead. Um, or Guildenstern and Rosencrantz, or Guildenkrantz and Rosenstern. I don't even know. We'll flip a coin. We'll figure it out. Heads. I call heads. Heads. Dang it. Oh, all right. As you can hear, I have Patrick Canigallo. I have Bo Warmbold. Pat, how are you doing? Great, John. Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm here. We're talking movies. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. Bo, how are you doing? Hanging in there. Good. Ready to talk some Gilden Rosen Edenstern. Okay, Gilden Rosen of Blaven and the and the lady and the yeah. Lady. <laughs> I just cannot wait to hear your feedback on this movie because I am like, what? <laughs> I'm, well, it is an absurd based on an absurdist play by Tom Stoppard. So Pat, okay. I, Pat, I, I reciprocally. Is that a word? Sure it is. Um, I have also been waiting to find out what your feedback is on this movie. I'm very curious. (laughs) I was like, I'm too tired for this movie. I tried it again later. I'm too awake for this movie. (laughs) I'm too tired for this movie. Tried it again later. I'm too distracted for this movie. I tried it again later. I'm paying too close attention to this movie. (laughs) So I will say this movie and, 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 uh, you may want to write the timestamp down, John, in case you want to take this part out. Uh-huh. I definitely feel like this movie could be enhanced with some mind-altering chemicals of some kind. <laughs> I feel like sitting around the college dorm room with your buddies talking about, you know, existentialism ties right in with... Uh, <laughs> or, or an English major, which technically is, is the same thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, clearly, clearly, I came to the right place. We're gonna have. Some, I think we're gonna have some fun with this one. I, well, I, how can you not? Yeah. You know. All right. Well, we are the 30 something movie podcast. Head on over to our website. If you want to learn more about our show, find old shows, uh, rate, review, leave a voicemail, uh, join us on Patreon. So you can get some exclusive members only content, uh, by donating to the show, any little amount, uh, you, uh, you're able to get access to those monthly members only shows. Um, so far we have done, uh, Brewster's millions, and the 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back episode. So um, those are there. You have access to those if you join us there on Patreon. 
And, uh, and then very, very, very quickly, we do spoil the movies that we talk about. So just be warned. We talk freely. We don't really do any other spoiler alerts beyond this moment right now. So just be aware of that. All right. Um, I don't know that there's any, I don't have any movie news or anything like that. Um, I, I do have, I'm going to ask you gentlemen about this. See if you have, uh, gone this route. Do either of you have a 4k TV? Or have you bought any of the like 4K Ultra HD movie discs? <laughs> yes, discs no, but I did upgrade my Netflix and my Amazon so I could watch Ultra HD content. Okay. I do I'm trying to think if my Blu-ray player upstairs, my Blu-ray player upstairs is a 4K and I lie, I do have two 4K discs. Okay. Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Beyond, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and Pat, I think I already knew the answer to this because I I think there have been a few times where I was going to loan you a movie and I was going to loan you the Blu-ray. Yeah. But I think you have a DVD player. I still have the same DVD. Okay. Tam, the Tammy and I got a DVD player mm-hmm. when we got married. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of the and that DVD player is still working. <laughs> it's still working. Right on. Nice. I'm still rocking the DVDs. Um, Heck, I still have my first car that I bought after getting a job at Hawthorne. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, um, I'm still on DVD, but I'll tell you, I've, I've been, I've been really like, dude, I've got to bite the bullet and buy a Blu-ray player because I mean, prices have done nothing but come down and there's movies that I'm like, you know, I kind of went through the phase of, okay, I don't need to have a movie collection, but now I'm going back to, okay, I need to have a movie collection, Mm -hmm. you know, like I really need to own Lawrence of Arabia. I really need to own an updated, a copy of great escape. I need to own fistful of dollars. Good, the bad and the ugly. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I need to, well, if this, if this podcast has tossed has taught me anything, it's that there are some movies that may not be on streaming. And if I want to watch them, I got to own them. Yeah. Yeah. We ran into that problem. Uh, Nora has, and I've, I've mentioned this several times. I know we've done an episode on it. Um, Nora, I don't know if she was working on a, on a Mozart piece in her piano class or something like that. And so she's been really interested to see the movie Amadeus. Okay. There you go. I've I've mentioned a couple of clips here and there. And so I thought, Oh, that's yes. I love this movie. Let's do it. I remember watching this. I was probably way too young, but I remember watching this when I was like five or six. Um, Love the movie. I said, yes, I I have a copy of it. It's the old DVD copy of it. Um, Let's do that. So we were going to fire it up on this, maybe Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Um, No, it was Saturday afternoon. I remember. Um, And I could not find the DVD. Uh-oh. And I was like, well, it's got to be streaming somewhere. And it was not streaming anywhere that we already had a subscription to. Yeah. So I was like, well, but I know I have the DVD. I'm not going to pay four bucks to rent it to watch it one time when I know I've got the DVD somewhere. And I we, I scoured the entire house and I cannot find that thing, which yeah. bothers me a little bit because as I found out, I was like, well, then maybe I can just order the Blu-ray and it'll be here in like 24 hours if I do it from Amazon. And uh, come to find out every Blu-ray copy I found is the director's cut and the director's cut is rated R. Yeah. It is. And I've watched the director's cut and I do not like it as well as the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. The extra storyline that they kind of throw in there, I think is unnecessary. And it does a 
couple things to some of the characters that I really don't like. So I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? So rats. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I learned at some point, did we do an episode on that show, on that movie? We did. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the first year we were doing so, it. So maybe it was then I learned that I had only seen the director's cut somehow. Oh, really? Okay. And didn't know there was another cut okay. until we did that exercise. Yeah. I, I remember when that discussion came up and just how the director's cut did alter the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the reason I asked that question is we, uh, you know, I, we've had a Blu-ray player, you know, for a while and it finally kind of pooped out on us. Um, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were trying to watch a movie and it just, the whole thing, it died, wouldn't load anything anymore. And, um, so I'm like, okay, well we kind of stumbled through a little bit and we'd, we'd watch movies through our PlayStation and, uh, cause it has a Blu-ray player in it, stuff like that. But then John kept taking the PlayStation up to his room and I was like, well, I don't want to bring this down every time we want to watch a movie. And so I, I finally kind of bit the bullets and I found on Amazon, I was looking around, I was like, I don't need a 4k player. I don't have 4k discs. Um, but then I ended up finding one that was a pretty good model, um, on a pretty good sale. So it wasn't ridiculously expensive. So I have, it should be coming probably within the next couple of days or so. I have a 4k player coming now. I don't have a 4k TV, but now mm. I'm looking around. I'm like, but do I need a 4k TV? Uh, what size is your current TV and how big can you go? Because I happen to know about a black Friday deal. Okay. I've been looking around at a few of those. Our, the one we have currently is a 40 inch. Okay. So this would be bigger. And we, I think, well, um, and I think the space we have for the TV is, I can't go too much bigger than that. So I 43 is probably the biggest I would be able to go. Okay. Then this one will work. Okay. Target had a pre black Friday deal two weeks ago, maybe now. Okay. Um, that my brother grabbed a 65 inch 4k mm. for like 300 bucks. Oh, that's a good deal. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. And it looks like they might have it again this weekend, according to the text I got earlier. Okay. But that doesn't help you if it doesn't fit. Yeah. So that's my, so I was kind of looking around. I was like, okay, well now do I have an excuse? I mean, should I buy a, like, what do I buy as a first 4k movie? And what, do I need a? I don't have the TV, so well, do I need it? So, you, you yeah. buy Alien. Yeah, I, I think that's what I was okay. going to. Well, so my two choices that I was going to go with were either going to be Alien or the first Matrix. Uh, solid. So it's going to be either one of those two. Because See, I don't I, think I have, I'd have to go back and look. I don't think I have Alien on Blu-ray. Uh, I take that back. I might. Yeah, but isn't that the movie you're going to have on every platform? You probably, yeah. Man, I know I have. I know I have Aliens, and I think I have Alien Three, but I don't remember if I have Alien. I have to go back and look. But yeah, I have the the Matrix copy. I have is is my old DVD copy I bought in like ninety nine or two thousand. One of the first DVDs I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Well, that's perfect if you've yeah. got one that's ready to. In line for an upgrade, that's mm-hmm. the perfect one to do. Yeah. See, do I do I start buying physical media or do I just do the download? Well, that's a hard. One. I well, what I always try to do well, is anyone doing Blu-ray downloads yet? The files are so big. True. That I wonder. 
I wonder what people are doing. I, I'll admit I haven't really delved into it because I know the files are so big and I'm not really, I don't really have a big enough hard drive to deal with that stuff right now in my rig. I need to clean that up, but it's just not. I, I tend to do, if I'm going to buy something, I tend to try to get the copy that has the, so as I've been looking at some of the 4k ones, I try to look at the copies that have the 4k, the Blu-ray and the digital download. Right. But the digital download, like what, quality is that download like what and i know i'm um, being a little uh I know, the word I aren't most of them always hd yeah but they're not 4k downloads right no they may not be yeah yeah that's where i sort of <laughs> yeah so I don't know. I, I've been kind of eyeballing a little bit. I mean, especially since, you know, theaters are not going to be open anytime soon and all that. I've kind of been right. eyeballing a kind of been eyeballing a, um, you know, maybe looking at a 4K TV, maybe looking at a sound bar or something like that. Um, so you you guys Roku or no, no, Apple TV. OK, <laughs> because if you were behind on the Roku and hadn't gone 4K on the Roku, I am hearing real good things about the Roku sound bar. Okay. But. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's some, uh, when this episode, I mean, we're recording this episode a little bit earlier in November, but when this comes out, Black Friday will have already been over and everything else. So I don't know. I've been eyeballing some of those, some of those deals and trying to decide if it's going to be a while until theaters open back up again. (laughs) Yeah, the theater thing is definitely uh, a driver of some of this for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, I mean, even I haven't gone to movies as much lately in the last few years or so, just because it's so pricey. Right. So. See, I think I need to. I think I need to buy the bullet and do a Blu-ray player. Will Will Blu-ray play DVDs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I think I need to do a Blu-ray player. Well, and that's what, depending, depending on what you're looking at and depending on what the price is, the one that I just bought off of Amazon, I think was like a limited time deal. And it was, I think it was 140, I think Mm -hmm. for a 4k player. So that'll play 4k ultra HD discs. That'll play Blu-rays and it'll play DVDs. So if you were going to go for something like that, rule them all. Correct. Correct. Um, At least until the next format. Right. Until the ultra, ultra. HDs until they just keep adding use and it's just like a uh, HUD. Well, the next, I mean, they've already got a displays, so that'll yeah. be next. Yeah. And, and I gotta like and see. There's movies that I gotta like sit down and like watch on the screen. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. why, like I said, I think I'm gonna The Great Escape, mm-hmm. Jaws. You know the and I keep coming back to it. Lawrence of Arabia is in my sights for coming up pretty quick here. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I was I was almost sucked in with the two disc uh, Braveheart and Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a problem. That is going to be a problem. Did anyone, did you guys listen to any of the friendly fire with gladiator? Did I listen to that one? Uh, I might have. I have not. It's, it's coming up in my backlog, I think. Okay. Friendly fire, uh, gladiator and friendly fire, Braveheart. They, it's two separate episodes, but it's, I've listened it, to the, I've listened to the Braveheart one. I don't remember if I've listened to gladiator. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I won't say anything, give any spoilers or any of that, but it's funny because normally those guys take a pretty critical look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I'll tell you, like the last three that I, because I cherry pick which ones to watch. The last three that I, I uh, or listened to, the last three that I listened to, they uh, they were all high on the movies. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, you know, like positive high, high yeah. on the movies. They were all they were all positive on the movies, and and uh, so that was cool. Anyway, Ethan Roderick. <laughs> yeah, like big time. Like he was he was he was at, he was on it. I don't want to give it away and say which ones, but I mean, no, no, that's fine. That's exciting. Yeah. I feel like he's not excited about anything. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great show. I, yeah. 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 That's good stuff. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and dive on into, uh, we'll take the stage here. Mm-hmm. Dive on into the uh, the backdrop of Hamlet with uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, uh, which originally originally came out as a Tom Stoppard play in 1967, I think it was 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie though was released on the 10th of September 1990, rated PG, with a runtime of one hour and 57 minutes. Uh, or if you're Pat, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 16 minutes here. That's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah. 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 I, it, I hung in there I, yeah. I, and I got nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. I've just, I, yeah. It took more concentration than you currently had at those different stages. Yeah. But then I was worried yeah. I was concentrating too hard. Yeah. Sir, are we being too literal? <laughs> <laughs> what you idiot? We were told to call him to desert. We're calling him the desert. desert. Directed by Tom Stoppard, uh, this is his only movie directing credit. Produced by Emmanuel Asenberg and Michael Brandman. Asenberg did Lost in Yonkers and Brandman did American Playhouse. Writer was Tom Stoppard, who also wrote Shakespeare in Love and Brazil. Brazil. Uh, cinematography was done by Peter Bezio, uh, who also did Time Bandits and The Truman Show. Music was done by Stanley Myers, who died in 1993. Did the music for the 1990 movie, The Witches, which we just did not that long ago, yeah. and uh, The Deer Hunter. Uh, budget, uh, not sure about the budget on this one. The box office. Um, so this movie did not do so well in the box office. It made $739,104,000 in North America. So probably did not make back its budget, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing 700000 was probably the costume budget for this movie. So... Um, Flick Metrics gives this one a 74% cinema score gives, uh, did not have a score for this one that I could find. Um, and I believe we used to do kind of the, the Siskel and Ebert scores. I believe Ebert gave this one a thumbs down is what I read. He, he did, oh, not, wow. did not care for this one. Starring Gary Oldman as Rosencrantz, or was it Guildenstern? Uh, he was also in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and the darkest hour. Uh, Tim Roth played Guildenstern, or was it Rosencrantz? He was in Rob Roy, Pulp Fiction, and Reservoir Dogs. Richard Dreyfuss played The Player. He was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, and Mr. Holland's Opus. Joanna Roth played Ophelia. She was in Sliding Doors and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Ian Glenn played Hamlet. He was in Game of Thrones and Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Donald Sumter played Claudius. He was in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and In the Heart of the Sea. Joanna Miles played Gertrude. She was in Judge Dredd and The Ultimate Warrior. Ian Richardson, who died in 2007, played Polonius. He was in Dark City and the UK version of House of Cards. 
Rosencrantz, played by Gary Oldman, and Guildenstern, played by Tim Roth, ramble obliviously through Elsinore Castle and its environs as the events of William Shakespeare's Hamlet unfold around them. While visiting their old friend Hamlet, played by Ian Glenn, the pair engage in an ongoing philosophical debate about free will versus predestination, each trying to prove absurd positions through misbegotten experiments. Meanwhile, the clueless friends attempt to make sense of the peculiar goings-on in the castle. Welcome, dear Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Something have you heard of Hamlet's transformation? Sit nor the exterior nor the inward man resembles that it was. Heaven make our presence and our practices pleasant and helpful to him. Aye. Amen. I want to go home. Don't let them confuse you. I am but mad north northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a halt from a handsaw. Exactly. Exactly what? Exactly why? Exactly why what? What? Why? Why what exactly? Why is he mad? I don't know. <laughs> Will you walk out of the air, my lord? Into my grave? Indeed, that is out of the air. Glean what afflicts him. Me? Him. How? Question and answer. So your uncle's the king of Denmark? That's right. And my father before him. His father before him? No, my father before him. But surely you may well ask. Your father, whom you love, dies. You were his heir. You come back to find that Harley was the corpse cold before his young brother popped onto his throne and into his sheets, thereby offending both legal and natural practice. Now, why exactly are you behaving in this extraordinary manner? I can't imagine. An audience! Tragedians at your command. We can do you rapiers or rape. We're still finding our feet. I should concentrate on not losing your head. I like him not. Therefore, prepare you. I, your commission, forthwith will dispatch, and he to England shall along with you. It is an exact command from the King of Denmark for several different reasons, importing Denmark's health and England's too, that on the reading of this letter, without delay, I should have Hamlet's head cut off. Jump up to the side. That'll put a spoke in there, Will. Unless they're counting on it. I should remain on board. That'll put a spoke in there, Will. My name is Guildenstern, and this is Rosencrantz. I'm sorry. His name is Guildenstern, and I'm Rosencrantz. We aim for the point where everyone who is marked for death dies. Who decides? It is written. Audiences know what to expect, and that is all they are prepared to believe in. What are they? They're dead. <laughs> Wasn't that the end? Do you call that an ending? With practically everyone still on his feet? My goodness, no. Over your dead body. Okay. I had never even heard of this movie before. Um, I had heard of the play, but I did not know there was a movie of it. Um, before it came around to this year, and this is one of those that I was like, all right, I I mean, I, I know what the characters are. I know Hamlet. Um, but I don't know this movie and I don't really know the story of this, but it sounds obscure and maybe a little quirky and Hey, it's Shakespeare. So why not? 
So I, this is one of those movies that I kind of put on our list. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if anybody will have seen this. So let's throw this on the list as one of those that maybe nobody has seen and we'll all be watching it for the first time. So, um, that being the case, Pat, I know you had not seen this before watching it this time. I had not. Okay. Bo, have you seen this one before? I had seen parts of it, but not the whole thing. And I had read the play. Okay. Mostly I'd seen parts of it while I was reading the play. Um, We had thought about doing it at one point at the high school. Okay. Really? And so I think I was reading it for research because I might have had to design the set at that point. So it was more of a research project than anything. Oh, nice. I don't even know. Now that I think about it, we didn't get very far in talks of actually doing it. I'm not even 100% sure I finished reading the play. Okay. But I definitely started it and watched some scenes from the movie just (laughs) as research. Okay. Yeah, you didn't move forward with it. The football team didn't decide to come out for this play. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it's tough um, to do in high school. It's yeah. so focused on those two guys. If there's one thing high school theater departments don't often have, it's two really great guy actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it never happened. It has in our history, but it is a tough get. Yeah, and it's kind of a small cast, which is also hard to pull off in high school. Right, right. No, I, my little inside joke with Bo there is that when we were in high school, um, some of the theater folks were not so excited uh, the year that they decided to do Macbeth. And, the Scottish uh, play. Yeah, the Scottish play. And um, members of the football team uh, went out for Macbeth and got a lot many, of the parts. Many of them. Many members of the football team showed up. Yep. And actually got the parts. and um, Because they could actually hold a sword aloft, which well, was nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's too heavy. <laughs> what was that for Celebrity Jeopardy? Callista Flockhart. And Callista yeah. Flockhart, what answer did you put down? The pen was too heavy. <laughs> yeah, I just I just remember the um, the theater kids were not super thrilled that the football kids came out and stole their parts. From what yeah, because that's like taking their wheelhouse there. From what I recall, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I had not seen this movie before. I, the only way that I knew the characters was from the actual play of Hamlet. Um, and obviously they are very minor characters. I mean, they serve an important role in the play, but, um, mainly their role is to comment on things and ultimately die. Like that's what they're there for. So, um, this one, I I thought this one was pretty fun. I mean, it had very much a, uh, the parts that I enjoy about back to the future Two was kind of like this entire movie, you know, all the scenes in back to the future Two when he goes back to the fifties and there's Marty, but there's Marty behind the stage doing things that original Marty never saw and never knew that other Marty was doing because of time travel. And, you know, knowing, knowing Hamlet, the way that I know the Hamlet play, I'm like, Oh, so this, the whole thing is really taking place backstage, you know, mm-hmm. off screen. Everything that these guys are doing, they are minor characters in Hamlet. They are the characters in this movie, in this play. Um, and I just, I thought that was just a kind of a fun direction to take it. The funny thing about them constantly mixing up who's Rosencrantz and who's Guildenstern mm-hmm. is that originally um, Roth and Oldman were cast as the other character. Okay. 
So they were originally cast as the opposite of what they ended up being. And so that was kind of like a running gag between the two of them. It's like, well, which one are you? I'm, like, well, I'm, I'm Rosencrantz. Well, I thought I was Rosencrantz. No, I think I am. Ah, who cares? That's hilarious. Uh, the other uh, casting thing that I thought was kind of fun was Richard Dreyfuss's character was originally supposed to be played by Sean Connery. Um, but he decided that he wanted a little bit more money. And so he decided to go off and do some like a uh, submarine movie. Oh, interesting. So one ping only, please. Mm-hmm. I was going to, you know what? I was going to give you your, your ping, but I think I accidentally replaced the ping with some Shakespearean minstrel music. Mm. Did I, did I do that? Yeah. I have minstrel music. Well, that's not minstrel music. There it is. And a hey, nonny, nonny. And a hey, nonny, nonny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could just play this in the background while we talk. Um, yeah, so... ASMR. Yeah, there we go. Let me tap the microphone just a little bit. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so Sean Connery was, origi- was originally going to play the part of the player, which those guys... I mean, that such a fun way to open the, the play or the movie... Um, just meeting those guys in the forest and them going mm-hmm. through the whole thing of, you know, what they do as actors. And, and, um, I, you guys are the only ones who can see on this recording. Everybody else is just listening to sound. But when we were listening to the, um, you know, the trailer in there, they're going through the whole thing and just, it, it cracks me up every time. And, and I know the, the topic that they referred to is not funny, but they're like, we have rapiers and we have rape and we also yeah. have both at the same time. And I'm yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, the, the one of these is not funny, yeah. <laughs> but the way it probably would have been treated in, you know, Shakespearean times and, and, you know, Shakespeare using it for a laugh, um, the play on words and, and that whole thing, that part is kind of funny. And, and that's one of my favorite things about Shakespeare is just the kind of the constant play on words and, and then how this movie even plays that up even further. But I thought Richard Dreyfuss's character was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I always uh, I always enjoyed throughout this movie was um, Gary Oldman's character somehow magically uh, figuring out all of this science before it was ever figured out by anyone else. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's figuring out the Newton's cradle, but then of course when he goes to show anybody else, it like smashes the pot, and you know he's making the paper airplanes that end up looking like a biplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one the of the probability. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the funny things about this movie, I think is, you know, you've got these characters and obviously like we've said in Hamlet, they play a very, very small part and they basically spend this movie kind of walking around discussing life and like the purpose of life and like, why are we here? And, and, and really, you know, if you know Hamlet, if you've seen Hamlet, um, you know that they're on stage for, I don't know what, maybe a couple minutes in the actual play and then they die. Right. So that's kind of the funny part about this one is they're spending the entire play talking about life and what does life mean? And so. right. <sighs> so what is you? So let me ask you this one. Do you feel like Pat, are you a Shakespeare fan? Okay. Yeah. But obviously I need to study it more to like really understand it. I mean, I've read, you know, when in schools, I'm uh, in school, we did Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. I've read 
Julius Caesar. I've read Hamlet. I think I've seen a number of movies and productions, you know, of, of a couple of different, I think we did a Midsummer's Nice Dream at one point. So am I an expert? By no means. No. I mean, would I even say I'm knowledgeable? I, I wouldn't even go that far. I like reading it. And um, obviously you kind of have to get your ear tuned for what you're listening for, you know, cause the, the speaking style is slightly different and, and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I like Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, I know you've done a lot with stage and musicals. Are you a Shakespeare fan? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Big fan. Lots of conversations at my house about how the heck can you understand what he's saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I try to, try to watch any new film adaptations that come out. I'm a little behind on some. but Right. Yeah, this one, I, I thought that was part of the fun of this one is uh, that if you do, I mean, I think it was a funny movie on its own, in its own right. Um, but I think if you know the material um, and you know some of Shakespeare's usual tropes that he uses, um, it makes some of these comments that they make even even funnier. You know, just some of the, you, you get some of those jokes, maybe just a little bit more if you know some of that. Um, and I, I similar think to, yeah. similar to Shakespeare in love, another <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unstoppered, but yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I love about that movie too, is that you, you get to see, you know, it's almost like the making of a Shakespeare play. Um, and that's one of the things I love about that movie too, is you all the background stuff. And it's like, well, you know, this, what about this line? I really like this line this way. No, we're going to do it this way. Well, but <laughs> it's not the way I wrote it. Like, well, let's workshop it a little bit. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. The fact that somebody's trying to get Shakespeare to workshop something. Yeah. Show must. Go on. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where I think I need to, I need to rewatch this. Cause I'm thinking there was a lot that I just missed. Right. And I know that like their dialogue, like when they were doing the, the, tennis match so to speak where they were going back and forth i'm like dude that's a cool scene yeah but my problem is like i don't know what i'm watching like i don't know you know it's it's going so fast you know question well okay he had a question but why is that bad like i, I what I, you know what i'm saying like i'm not and i don't know if that's something that i just need to rewatch, or if it's something like no you need to study and then go back and watch the movie and it'll lay out. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I mean, I knew the scene was cool. I just didn't know what I was watching. Yeah. Well, and that, that scene itself is supposed to be absurd. I mean, it's definitely not supposed to be simple. Okay. And there's a lot of, a lot of that dialogue is just throwaway dialogue. Too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to build the character. There's nothing, I can't say there's nothing to the words because there is, but a lot of it is just there. It's it's interesting you said that it's there to build the character because I feel like of the of those two guys, I'm like I know these guys and they're entertaining to watch and they're funny and you know, but I, I had no idea what they were saying. So cycling back, do I like Shakespeare? I think I think I do, but for some reason. Like if they were speaking in the same style that a, sh- uh, a show, uh, a sh- 
Shakespeare play was written in, then I was just getting lost in, in a lot of it. Well, but, isn't, isn't that scene where they're kind of doing the, the tennis match? I mean, doesn't he start it off with, do you want to play questions? Yeah. 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 And so then it's the game of questions. And so you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to delay. You're not allowed to make a, you know, a, a statement. It's gotta be questions like constant Okay. Questions back and forth. And I, and, um, you got another funny layer to that is they're, they're treating the, they're standing in the court of Denmark and yet they're treating it like a tennis court. And it's like some of those, some of those little bits and pieces that are just like, Oh, that's like, that's really clever. Right. Like some of that kind of stuff. I'm like, and I didn't catch it at first, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait a minute. Ah, they're in the court of Denmark and they're treating it like a tennis court. Aha. Gotcha. So I didn't waste all that money on tuition and getting an English major. <laughs> well, and then there's the added layer of one of them's always playing Hamlet. Right. So you've got two guys who don't even know their own names. And one of them is now playing someone else. Yeah. Hmm. On top of all of that. I mean, it's an absurd, mm-hmm. not so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys talk like this. This gives me um, motivation to go watch it again because I think I'll pick up more. You know, do I have that? I think I have that scene pulled up here. Let me see. Even the sound design in the background, you know, you can hear the fancy again. Ring of that rhythm in the background of a tennis ball, almost. Yeah. To play that, you have to ask questions. Statement one, love. Cheating. How? Oh, I haven't started yet. Statement two, love. Are you counting that? What? Are you counting that? Foul, no repetition. Three, love. Game. <sighs> I'm not going to play if you're going to be like that. Who's serve? Uh, hesitation, love one. <laughs> Who's go? Why? Why not? What for? No, no synonyms. What all? What in God's name is going on? Foul, no rhetoric, 2-1. What does it all add up to? Can't you guess? Are you addressing me? Is there anyone else? Who? How would I know? Why do you ask? Are you serious? Was that rhetoric? No. Statement. <laughs> just that it's just crazy it's absurd and and they had so much fun doing it like the two yeah. of them just yeah and i could picture i <clears throat> i haven't done a game of questions yet with nora <laughs> i would imagine she would love that game oh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna try that one out soon i cool. might even i might even just show her this clip of the movie and be like here's how you play this game and I, I just picture the look on her face. She was like, you can play a game where all you do is ask questions. Yeah. Well, so I know okay. what we're doing. I know what we're doing over Thanksgiving. Why? 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 <laughs> yeah. I, uh, 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 love, love one. No repetition. I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll play the simpleton here because, well, let's be honest. Um, in watching this movie, what was going on? I, I was following it that they were going through the forest. They met up with the acting troupe. The acting troupe 
started the show. And that's the thing. Like there was so much cool stuff going on. Uh Oh, well, the rapiers in the, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then just watching that and, and Richard Dreyfus busting a move. I mean, th- these guys were, they, they were acting, they were with all get out, you know? And so it was fun to watch, but then suddenly they were in the castle and I, I had to go back and look like, did I miss something? Did I look away? And, and then it was like, well, it says they're dead. So is this like a six? Oh, uh, want to be spoilers. I was going to, I was going to. Yeah. Oh, you got it. You got it. All right. I was going to say, is this a sixth sense kind of thing where like I'm seeing dead people or like, and that's why, because there were some scenes where they took no notice of them. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Are they just imagining this or because Hamlet's a fictional character, but Hamlet's a real character in this. So is he a real character that the fictional characters were based off of? Or would they, like, are these guys supposed to be Shakespeare's alter ego? Like, I, I just wasn't sure. I, I wasn't sure. And again, I got to rewatch because I'll probably pick up more of the dialogue and I'll process more of the story. But that's kind of the thing is like, I just, I wasn't sure what the reality was. And again, if it's just because I'm a simpleton, you can send me back to my room and tell me to rewatch the movie. But that seemed to kind of throw me for a loop is like the the actual what was going on. When they leave from the forest scene to the castle is abrupt. Um, it's on purpose, but it's definitely abrupt and, and jarring. Um, it's, that's where they start conversation about predestination versus free will. Okay. The theory being these guys are minor players in the bigger story of Hamlet. So they have free will or are they predestined to do everything they're doing because that's how it's written. (laughs) That's how it's written. Right. Okay. So they have to be at the castle at a certain point. So whether they get waylaid by the, players in the forest or not doesn't matter they're going to show up at the castle and they're supposed to show up at the castle okay which then sparks the conversation <clears throat> when the players show up at the castle left us and that's part of that absurd piece of it is exactly that it's like the well the script says this so we have to do this mm-hmm. like we don't have a choice it's and and that's kind of the Yes, there is a lot of like weird jumping around and, and that kind of stuff. And um, that was one of the things, one of the, if there's another message to this play or this movie, uh, one of the other things I thought was, you know, when you, when you watch a Shakespeare play, a lot of times, you know, the, the main characters are a prince or, you know, the servant of a prince or somebody kind of highborn or, or high up in society. But you do have these kind of side characters that will come in every, every now and then and kind of comment on what's going on. And usually those are kind of the little people like those are your, you know, your, your average subjects of the kingdom, that kind of stuff. And they don't get much time and they're usually used for kind of comedic effect. And so they don't always necessarily have a whole lot of depth to them. Okay. And so that was one of the things I thought was kind of interesting about this take on it, having not seen the play or read the play. Um, the interesting take on this is you're taking characters that really they're just in there to die in the original play. 
they, they make some little commentary here and there, but they're not in the play for very long. And this is kind of flipping it on his head that the, you know, the wealthy Royal characters who are normally the big wigs in the play, it's you've, you've flip flopped it. And so you're fleshing out these characters and you're, you're getting a chance to see, well, what do the real people, not these wealthy people living in castles and dealing with crazy things that everyday people don't even have to worry about. Uh, what are the everyday people thinking about? Like what's going through What's going on in their lives? And that was kind of one of the fun things. You don't tend to see that very much in Shakespeare's plays, even though, you know, he did feature some really well-known side characters. Um, that was one of the things I thought was kind of fun about this. Okay. So is it like they are in the world of Hamlet, but they're mm-hmm. just ancillary characters in the, okay. Yeah. I think that'll help. Like, yeah, I really, okay. I'm going to rewatch it. Okay. Listening audience. Mm-hmm. I am going to rewatch it. Cause like I said, I felt like I was out of the joke and there mm-hmm. was a really funny joke going on Yeah, or I was not in the, you know, there's some really great scenes in the dialogue mm-hmm. and everything was wonderful. Well, like, like and, and like to Bo's point, at the beginning of the movie, when they, when they, you know, take this little kind of side trip and they're watching the tragedy, I can never say it. Tragedian. Tragedian. Yeah. yeah. I have trouble too. When, they, when they're watching them and all of a sudden, like they disappear and they end up in the castle to that point, it's kind of like, as they're talking about either, you know, free will or is everything predetermined, that would be like saying, okay, well I'm reading the play of Hamlet. And when I get to page 14, these characters are going to be in act one, scene two. Now you as a reader, when you get to act one, scene two, whatever page that is in the script, those characters are going to be there. Cause that's what it says in the script. These right. characters think that they have free will and that they are real people that they're not in a play. So they're trying, they're like, well, what if we go this way? Or later on, they're like, well, what if I, when they're on the boat, he's like, you know, what if I would, what if I jumped off the boat? You know, that would like, I'd put a spoke in their wheel. What if I jump off the boat? Like, well, maybe right. that's maybe that's what they want you to do. Well, then I'll stay on the boat. That'll put a spoke in their wheel. Okay. So it's in a way, it's almost like that. So it's like that movie with um what was it? Will Farrell did it where it was based on the short story where the so that's what the gist of it is. They're in the story mm-hmm. kind of that, questioning. Uh, stranger than fiction. Stranger than fiction. I yeah. think so. And then he would yep. hear the person writing yep. and he was like, Stop narrating my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of thing. These guys are there as part of the story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with it now. No, yeah. it's this 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 discussion is good. This is this is good. This is going to get me back into you know see the movie again and make more sense of it. And I do enjoy the uh, was it the uh, tragedians, um, you know, talking about what what plays and what performances are supposed to be. And it's the, uh, um, we, we, you know, we, yeah, we can do this and, and we can do that. We, we really just do blood, love and rhetoric. Um, you know, as, and as long as you have a combination of the two, uh, blood is compulsory, but you know, you can do combinations if you want to. Uh, huh. that's awesome. That's awesome. No, but he, I, and, and his is a great character. Like I, I love, Every time Richard Dreyfus came in, you know, just loved his character in this as the player and, and all of his kind of commentary on, well, Bo, you, you've been involved enough in uh, stage production to. 
know what theater can be like sometimes, but he's kind of like making it sound like theater is always and only perverse. And that's all people want to see. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Far be it for me to dispute the great Richard Dreyfuss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's funny you bring up the tragedy and Mm -hmm. that whole concept of the players or the group of the people that are there to shine a light on what's happening. It's so Shakespearean and Stoppard reusing that in a play set in a Shakespeare play. It's just so circular and meta that it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, Midsummer Night's Dream has the troop of actors. Um, that, that, it's a reoccurring theme to Shakespeare. And so the fact when he reuses it here, it's just so great. One of my favorite lines in the movie is when they're doing one of their back and forths and they're on their way to England. And Guildenstern says, I don't believe it in any way. Rosencrantz says, what? Guildenstern says, England. Rosencrantz's line, just a conspiracy of cartographers then. That's, I love that <laughs> line. That that was good. That was really good. When you can tell that's kind of like, you know, kind of like you mentioned the sixth sense earlier and that when you go back and rewatch that movie a second time, you're like, Oh, I can totally see where he's not alive here. I I didn't catch that the first time, but with this one, I think there's several different times. I, there were a couple of clips that I went back and, and watched a second time. And some of them were, there are moments in here where they're trying to figure out where they are either by like looking at a map or looking at a compass or looking at something and it, and they can't use, they can't seem to figure out where they are in the world. And so it's kind of like they exist in this reality that's outside of everything. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like being off stage. You know, if you're not on the stage, do you really exist in the play? No, you're, you're off stage. You don't exist anywhere. You know, your character is when you can't see them, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the thing with them being in the background of this play is, and, and they don't even know that. Like they can't even quite figure that out. They're like, well, well, how do we know if we're, how do we know if we're alive or dead? How do we know if we're going is this way? How do we, yeah. <laughs> we came from roughly South. Which way is that? In the morning, the sun would be easterly. I think we can assume that. Yeah. And it's morning. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So it's a fun one. Yeah. I, and this mm-hmm. is one I think, and, and Pat, I was kind of the same way I ended up, I did not, I was not able to watch this one all in one sitting. And so it was kind of like a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. So I, this is one that I would like to go back and kind of rewatch again because I, yeah. I was not able to give it a full, like, you know, hour and 57 minute focus. It's a little long. Yeah. yeah. But even, even the, there's even a quote from Tom Stoppard that says, uh, and though he likes the film, quote, I would probably like to take a few minutes out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, but like I said, the discussion helps too because it, it, it gives voice to that whole, okay, what am I watching here? Oh, now I understand that fills in the gaps. So I think it'll make more sense on the rewatch. Yeah. Shouldn't we be doing something constructive? <laughs> what did you have in mind? A short human pyramid? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> and of course, I love the the player's comments, you know, with especially Hamlet and a lot of other, you know, some of the Shakespeare plays of, of you know, a certain part of his life. 
You call that an ending with practically everyone still on his feet? My goodness, no, over your dead body. That's right. Like Hamlet, much like some of those other Shakespeare plays, kind of you know, a little bit early on sometimes or in that kind of era of his plays, like when you absolutely positively must kill every last character in the play, just call Shakespeare. Yeah. Just call Shakespeare. That's awesome. We're more of the love, blood, and rhetoric school. Well, we can do you blood and love without the rhetoric, and we can do you blood and rhetoric without the love, and we can do you all three concurrent or consecutive, but we can't give you love and rhetoric without the blood. Blood is compulsory. They're all blood, you see. Is that what people want? It's what we do. <laughs> That's cool. That's, I might use that line for something. <laughs> is, yeah. is that what the people want? It's what we do. It's what we do. That's, it's a great line. It's a great line. We're actors. We're the opposite of people. <laughs> He's never known anything like it, and he has never known anything to write home about. So this is nothing to write home about. <laughs> if this is our destiny, then that was his. And if there are no explanations for us, let there be none for him. I think actually this there's a line here from the the player from Richard Dreyfuss's character that kind of sums up kind of sums up the one of the points of the the movie and the play. We are tragedians. Oh God, I can't even say it. We are tragedians. You see. We follow directions. There is no choice involved. The bad end unhappily. The good unluckily. That is what tragedy means. Everyone dies. That's awesome. Gary Oldman's facial expressions. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have to say much. There are plenty of, like when he gets his little uh, paper airplane smashed or, you know, just when any he, of those things. When he breaks the, the, uh, the pottery. Yep. Yep. That look right there. <laughs> Yeah. 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 The, Gary Oldman was pretty fantastic. And young. <laughs> That's yeah. cool seeing that too. Yeah. There was a, was there something else I had read? Um, there's a later version of this where Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, um, ends up playing, I don't remember if he plays Rosencrantz or Guildenstern, but he plays one of them. So uh, kind of funny that. Um, it barely matters which one. Not really. Um <laughs> So funny that Gary Oldman, who, you know, plays, um, I'm blanking on his name. Hello. We just, we just read all the books. <laughs> um, oh, God. Serious, Serious Black. Serious Black, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so Gary Oldman plays Serious Black. You had Daniel Radcliffe ended up playing one of these characters. And I want to say, um, I want to say that, um, was Roth, was he almost cast as Snape? Really? I want to say Tim Roth might have been almost, yeah, here. Uh, Tim Roth was considered for the role of Severus Snape in the Harry Potter films. Gary Oldman played Harry Potter's godfather, Sirius Black, in the series. His castmates, Daniel Radcliffe and Timothy Spall, both went on to play Rosencrantz as well. Mm. Yeah, the original actors that they had considered for this movie were... Uh, Michael Caine and Terrence Stamp were going to play the lead roles. So Alfred and Zod were going to play the lead roles. All right. Well, do you have anything else about this one before we go on into our three questions? Take a cup of coffee. Yep. Yep. Like, you know, last week, Dennis had a great, uh, it might've been post recording. I think it was post recording, but Dennis said something very, um, Question. He, he was talking about books, but he said sometimes it's all about getting started. But once you're in it, you're in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think this movie has that problem. Yeah. 
Once you're in it, you're in it. But getting in it takes a little bit of uh, effort. Yeah. You got to kind of be ready for the absurd. Yes. Yeah. And accepting of it. Like you yeah. kind of need to be in the mood for this movie. Yeah. Um, there are times when absurd just does not work. No, it's uh, it, it's not a first date movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Unless your significant other really wants to play a game of questions or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one, I, I would recommend, I, I'd recommend people watch it. Like, I, I think it's a great, oh, yeah. great movie, but yeah. yeah, I think you guys are right. It's, you gotta be kind of in the, in the right mood for this one. You gotta be prepared. You gotta be okay with the absurdity piece of it. You know, if, if absurdity does not float your boat, whether you're on the boat or off the boat or jumping on whatever, um, or whether you need a bigger boat, you might need a bigger boat or we're going to need a bigger boat, spend your whole life on a boat. Um, you know, that it, you may want to just kind of prepare yourself and, and make sure you're in the right place to be able to watch this one. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and jump into three questions here. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, what is your favorite word? There's a lot of words in this movie. A lot of, a lot of playing with words. I could go back to Men at Work. They have a song people just love to play with words. It's a great song. I know lots of words. I know the best words. No, you don't. Um, Somebody else is supposed to have the best words. <laughs> I think I use awesome a whole lot. Okay. It's favorite. Like, and I think it's just like how I use the word awesome is how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. Nice job. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Nice. Awesome. That means better. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I use that word a lot. The only other one is in the int- like, you know, following the lead of Ernest P. Worrell. I use, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I catch myself doing that all the time. You know what I mean? Which in his so, case, it's also one word. Right. So yeah. that's why I figured I'd use that as yeah. I, I say it. Yeah. Know what I mean? Where? Know what I mean? So. Very nice. All right. So Pat's got awesome and know what I mean. Bo, what have you got? My favorite word. Hmm, that's a real tough one. I'm going to go with similar to Pat's, but I'm going to go with outstanding. Hmm. There it is. There it is. I like the, I like the. I have heard you use that one a lot. Yeah. Commanding word. Mm -hmm. I like it. And you can put, put the emphasis on the out and put a like space and that like lays it in there. Out. (laughs) Standing. Yes. Yeah. Good word. Versatile. Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite word. I'm going to go with a word that's probably because of three amigos. I'm going with the word plethora. Plethora? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because of three amigos and because of that word, I... Would you say there is a plethora? (laughs) Would you say I have a plethora? 
Oh, yes. El Guapo, you have a plethora. Yes. Effie, do you know what a plethora is? I... No. Effie, why would you tell me I have a plethora? I would hate to think that somebody would tell me I have a plethora when they do not know what a plethora is. Okay. Um... No, I spent, and I think I did this successfully. I spent all four years of high school. Um, any essay that I had to write for high for a high school English class, I tried to put the word plethora somewhere in the essay. Well played. And so that was like a four year long game for me was to see if I could do that every single time. And I'm pretty certain I did it every single time. That's awesome. And I think even a little bit in college. Well done. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the word plethora. Right. Good choice. I used it a plethora of times. Question number two. What is your favorite Shakespeare play? For me, it is a toss up between Much Ado About Nothing and mm. Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. I think I have to go with Midsummer Night's Dream, though, if I had to put them against each other. Mm. Okay. Okay. There's too much. Midsummer Night's Dream has Puck. Mm-hmm. And the opening and ending scenes with Puck are enough to put it over the top. Nice. Ending monologue is one of the best ever. <sighs> Do you need a moment or you got one? <laughs> you know, I really like Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, the connection to the Roman Empire, you know, basis kind of in history kind of thing. Um, beware the Ides of March, great quotes. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I had to name one, it would be Julius Caesar. Um, great Mark and, or, um, not Mark, God. the other guy. Oh, Mark Antony, great yeah, Mark. Mark Antony monologue. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I come here not to praise Caesar. Yep. That yep. one, that one, when I, I'm sure I've told this story before, when we moved back from England, our first year back from England, we lived in Southwest Missouri because that's where my family lived. And we didn't have, we were kind of hopping between, we thought we were going to be in California. So we we're there for a few months, but then we really weren't. And so then my dad wasn't sure where he was going to go at that point. He was kind of looking in Chicago. He was kind of looking in, I think, St. Louis, Kansas city. And, um, and so in the meantime, they just enrolled us in school because we didn't know where we were going to go. And uh, so we were going to school in a, this little town in Southwest Missouri. Well, of course, we come in with British accents and mm-hmm. we're in this little tiny town of like, you know, maybe 2000 people. And the drama teacher, I mean, that was my eighth grade year. And I remember the drama teacher, the moment she heard <laughs> me open my mouth, she, she, <laughs> I remember when I told her we were moving and I wasn't going to be there for high school. She actually cried. <laughs> it's like, but the British accent. Um, and I remember that. And you said, don't worry, honey, I'll be calling it Missouri real right. soon. <laughs> right. Well, I remember like some of the different, I mean, some of the different um, assignments that she would give in this class were like, you have to write a story. You have to include these words and you have to pronounce them correctly when you read the story out loud. And it was things like, it was words like the word fire and water tower and barbed wire. 
Because, of course, the Missouri kids are like, well, and then I ran out of the house because it was on far and I jumped <laughs> over the barbed wire fence. And it, and of course, I'm reading my story. And then, of course, I ran from the house that had caught on fire and I ran over and jumped over the barbed wire fence. And, you know, so I'm reading it like that. And then it came to our That's final awesome. at the end of the semester. And our final was you had to take something, some song lyrics, a poem, a whatever, and you had to memorize it. And then you had to recite it in front of the class. And I'm, I'm sure I've probably told this one before, but most of the other kids, like some of the, one of the kids did, um, I think it was like a, a Billy Joel song. Um, <laughs> some other kid did like cat in the hat. Um, you know, a lot of kids were doing Dr. Seuss cause that was, you know, I guess the figured that was pretty easy. Um, so that's what most of the other kids were doing. But I had just gotten back from England where in seventh grade, we had been doing a lot of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I got this. I, I know exactly what I'm doing. And so I come into class and I think the kid before me had just done like green eggs and ham. And uh, so then I get up there. Oh, no. I get up there and I'm like, if, it would have been even greater if I had just like cracked my knuckles and just gone. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus hath told you Caesar was ambitious. If it were so, it was a grievous fault. And grievously hath Caesar answered it. And I went on, I did like the entire, I think up until you get to the very, you, you get to the very end of that first section of that whole monologue. And he's like, my heart is in the coffin there with Caesar. And I must pause till it come back to me. I did that entire section. And most of the kids were like, huh? <laughs> huh? What, about, what, what, what about the kid that went after you? What was that kid doing? I, I think he might've punched me later. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, jerk. Oh, Hmm. No, that was, that was funny. But I, and I just remember her, like when I told her I was not going to be there the next year for freshman year, she's like, well, mm-hmm. could, do you think like if your family moves to Chicago, do you think maybe you could stay with your grandparents for maybe just another <laughs> year or two? <laughs> I think, I think she was close to retirement and I think she wanted to have somebody that could yep. be on like the speech and debate team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to go for my favorite. Uh, Pat, did you do yours? I know we started kind of talking about it. I I went with Julius Caesar. You you did Julius Caesar. That's right. That's why that's what got us onto it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to go. Here are my 12. Right. I'm going to go with Iago. Okay. I'm going to go with Iago and Othello. I mean, he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite characters. He's one of my favorite villains. Um, yeah, I think uh, if you've ever seen, if anybody wants to see a really good a movie adaptation of it, uh, do the one with Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. It's uh, Kenneth Branagh plays Iago and yep. uh, Lawrence Fishburne is Othello. Um, that's a fun In one. In general, the Kenneth Branagh adaptations are. Yeah. Often the best. Yes. That being said, Midsummer Night's Dream that I think is the best is the Kevin Klein version. Yes, that's it with Michelle Pfeiffer and yeah, yep. and um, Rupert Everett. Yep, yep, that's a good one. But yeah, I think Iago is is just one of the slimiest villains oh, yeah. in all of Shakespeare, and just just a 
I mean, a great villain in general, like not just in Shakespeare, but just, you know, if you were to list some of the great literary villains, he's just a, oh, he's so many words I can't say on this podcast because we keep it family friendly. Mm-hmm. What he manipulates everybody in that play into doing and, and yeah, just a nasty, nasty guy. Cool. And what's he then that says I play the villain? All right. Uh, question number three, um, to be or not to be? That is the question. Oh, to be, of course. Agreed, okay. to be. Okay. <laughs> I, would anybody answer to not to be? I think it depends on not to be what? <laughs> not to be late for dinner. Ah, I never mm. had that problem. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one. I mean, obviously it's to be, um, but I mean, that's kind of, that's also a, a piece of this movie too, is, you know, they're trying to argue back and forth about, you know, life and death and what does it mean to be alive and what is death? And so it, it kind of gets at that whole really famous section of, you know, that, that dialogue or that uh, monologue from Hamlet in this play that to be or not to be, that is the question whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die, to sleep no more. Um, you know, you, and then you get those, um, the, the, where the name of the, uh, what dreams may come movie comes from, uh, to sleep for chance to dream or in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil. I mean, there's so much, I mean, that's one of the things I love about Shakespeare is there's so much stuff that we use in, I don't know if I want to say everyday speech, but so much stuff that we use, like the idea of shuffle off this, this mortal coil. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I don't say that every day, but there are times where I'm, you know, wanting to find a fancier way of saying dying. Right. On occasion, I will say, well, shuffled off the mortal coil. It's definitely classier than saying he did. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, gone. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. He done kicked the bucket. Uh, I apologize to all of our Southern friends. Um, as I've said before, uh, many of my best friends are Southern. So I feel like it's not offensive. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> A2. Gonna... But that's it. Yep. A2 Brute. <laughs> 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 there are t- there are times where just for fun I will take like lines from Shakespeare or I'll take lines from something else and I'll just try to do them in like a southern accent. Yeah. But soft, what light from yonder window breaks. Oh, man. Dude, keep doing <laughs> that. They'll be lining up on our Patreon page. I'll tell you that. I know. What light from yonder window breaks? Well, if it done broken, I gotta get me to Lowe's and get a new one. <laughs> Oh man. I apologize. It is late. <laughs> it is late. It is late. Uh, We're going to get letters. We might. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> as long as the letters are written in, in uh, iambic pentameter, I will read them. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. the gauntlet has been yeah. thrown. Yeah. Challenge accepted? Yeah. Guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find out that, that right quick. Uh huh. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They are dead. They're they're still dead, I believe. Um, they they're they're He's feeling, hanged. but they're feeling much better. They might go for a walk. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, check out 30podcast.com if you want to see more of our older episodes. If you want to rate and review the show, leave us a voicemail. If you want to jump on over to our Patreon page and donate to the podcast there so you can get some of that exclusive content from the monthly members-only shows. Uh, we do have a voicemail button on our website, but if you want to call the old voicemail line that's still we still got that working too, it's 872-356-6843. Uh, our next episode's coming up. Our December Patreon exclusive is going to be The Sure Thing from 1985. That one should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, we've also got Pump Up the Volume and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to finish out the year of 1990. And then we start off 1991 with The Rocketeer, Double Impact, Backdraft, TMNT 2, The Secret of the Ooze. And our January Patreon exclusive is Clash of the Titans from 1981. We got a lot of good stuff coming up here, especially if you want to get those bonus ones, head on over to Patreon. Uh, otherwise, those rest of those, if you want to get ahead of the game, go ahead and go check those out and uh, join us when we have those episodes here coming up uh, on the later half of this month and then on into January. So thank you, gentlemen, for being here with me. Thank you for uh, braving the Shakespearean waters. It's fun, John. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Good to see you, John. Good to see you. Thanks for getting us together. Oh, good Great to see. To see good to both. see you guys as always. All right. Well, everybody, be excellent. Thou shalt be excellent to each other, and go watch us some movies of most exquisite quality. Y'all come back now. Here. <laughs> <laughs>